This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Hello, thank you again for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I am your host alongside with Robbie Lashua. Uh, Tyler Hurley is my name. <laughs> and my name's Robbie. Nice, nice to be with you again. Awesome. Thanks. And today we are going to be talking about a cultural phenomenon, superheroes. Superheroes. Infinity War came In- out. Yes. The yes. big battle for the Infinity Stones. Hasn't it broken a lot of box office records? It has broken almost every box office oh record. Gosh. And by the time this podcast probably comes out, it will break more is what it's predicting. That's crazy. They, they think... It's very likely that it's going to be the first movie to hit two billion uh, grossing domestically. Well, yeah. To be honest, they're going to need that much money to pay all the stars they had. In well, that movie. They, probably. <laughs> I mean, Robert Downey Jr. alone, his average salary for all the movies he's been in with Marvel is around fifty million. Whoa. Unless it's gone up. Like total or per movie? Per movie. Fifty million dollars per movie, but he gets paid the most. So like below that, it kind of goes down based on yeah. uh, the popularity. He's not the, even the cool superhero. Well, a lot of people think he is. So no, they're wrong. <laughs> it's Captain America, <laughs> I think. Yeah, Him. I like Captain America. Thor's Thor. Cool, yes, yeah. but they don't get paid as much as Robert Downey Jr. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's because he's been around the longest too. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but. Aside from that, uh, and by the way, this is not going to be a spoiler-filled podcast. We're just going to be talking about the idea of superheroes. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, we wanted to share another coffee tip with you guys. Uh, Yes. Robbie was just talking to me about something really interesting, again, that I haven't heard of before, the differences in the significance between drip coffee and French press. So if you'd like to share a little bit. So I'm, I'm really a coffee snob. But I'm also an equal opportunist where I'll drink, I'll drink anything that's coffee. I really will. Um, however, if I can choose and I'm making it at home and I have some time, uh, I will always make French press coffee. Uh, for those of you who don't know what French press coffee is, basically you boil water, you grind your beans, um, and then there's like this, this glass pitcher and you put the beans into the pitcher. Once the water's boiling, you pour the water directly in with the beans. No filter. Mm. And you stir them up, you let it sit for about four minutes, is is ideal. And then uh, the lid of this glass pitcher, you you put the lid on, and it basically has like a plunger on the end of it. And so there's this big stick sticking up above it. You press it down, and what you're doing is you're pressing down the end of the plunger, and it has a metal screen on it that pushes all the coffee grounds to the bottom of the glass pitcher. And then you can pour your coffee without having any That's grounds cool. in it. Yeah, and it it makes great coffee because um, one one of the things that gives coffee flavor is the oils, the natural oils that that are in the bean, and and they come out when you roast them. Yeah, that's right. So when you use like you know your coffee mate traditional coffee, drip coffee maker <laughs> uh, with that paper filter, it filters out a lot of the oils. And so yeah. you're losing that good flavor of the coffee because it's trapped in the paper filter. So the, the French press is something I prefer because it tastes a lot better. It also is nice because it takes a little less time to make. Um, well, you boil imagine, water, yeah. you dump it in, you wait four minutes, you're done. Um, so it takes a little bit less time than drip coffee. Um, but the problem, and I've run into this a lot, is it doesn't make as much as your you know 12-cup 
Yeah, and the amount of time it takes. Yeah, yeah, it, it it just doesn't make as much. So it's better quality, less quantity. So what do you want? You got to make a choice: is it yep. quality or quantity <laughs> of coffee? Yep, absolutely. And so, um, man, but the French press just hey, if you if you've never made French press coffee, it mm. is amazing. The, the other thing I like about it is it's way cheaper than a regular coffee maker because mm. it's just yeah. a glass pitcher with a plunger. Do, on the do you know any places that any coffee shops or anything like that that do French press? Yeah, most coffee shops will do it. Like even Starbucks, if you go in there and you ask them, I want a French press, you know, it's, it's, it's like three or four cups of coffee. Mm. Um, so I think they charge like, man, last time I did it, it was like three or four dollars. Mm. Okay. Um, but then you get this whole pitcher and they put a timer on it and say, hey, when it beeps, press it down. And then you pour it and you can have French press. So oh, that's most cool. coffee shops have that option. Um, but up here in Goodyear, Arizona, there's a coffee shop called Ground Control. Yeah, and all right. of their coffee is French press. They don't do drip. Mm, at I all. did not know that. Yeah, they That's have these huge French presses, and they make all their coffee, and then they'll pour it into like a, a carafe to keep it warm. That's nice. But they don't do drip coffee at all. That's really nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why their coffee is different. Mm. It's, it's good. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I think the best time that I remember uh, having a cup of coffee where the oil was like resonating at the top of yes. the cup was it had to be Jack Mormon coffee oh, in Utah. Utah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, and that's how you know it's good. If right. You can see oil on the top of it. Yeah. It's really good. I have never seen a cup of coffee that you could see that much of the oil from the bean on top of it mm. other than the cup that I had there at Jack Mormon Coffee. That was interesting. Well, and that gets into the freshness yeah. of the bean. If, if you open up a bag of coffee and you can see oils on the outside of the bean, it means mm. it's Then you know fresher. it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been roasted recently. so That's cool. Yeah, so that's one of my tips. One last tip too, if you're going to make it with French press, and this sounds really weird, but if you put a dash of salt into the grounds – it, mm. it takes out a little bit of the bitterness. Really? Yeah, wow. it's really interesting. So I always grind the coffee, dump it in, put a da- you know, just a dash of salt, and then you pour the water in and mix it up. It's, it makes it really good. That's cool. I didn't know that. You need to buy one. French press. Yeah, I'm interested now. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. Well, let's move into it. So superheroes are a huge topic in our culture, especially yes, now with, with Avengers, Infinity War coming out. Everyone, uh, my social media feed is blowing up about it. I haven't seen it yet. And so mm. I'm trying to stay away from spoiler alerts and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, you've seen it. Yes, is I have. It, is it good? Yeah, it's fantastic. Is it um, the best Avengers movie? That's... Honestly, I'd have to say so. Like, okay. uh, which it's a bold statement because Civil War was probably the best one before this. Mm-hmm. When they bring Spider Man into it and they're all fighting each other, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. But I mean, this one, this is what everybody was waiting for for the past ten years since the first Iron Man came up. Okay. Because it's the ultimate team up. Everyone's in it. Like, okay. I mean, every single character that's still alive, at least in the Marvel universe, is in this movie. So. That's the big part about it. But um, I'd also like to eventually, uh, uh, one of our podcast shows, if we can, uh, after you've seen the movie, talk about uh, there's a huge moral argument that's yeah. in the movie that I'd like to discuss. And that's something that uh, I, I think is uh, – it's important to address it whenever something is big and significant culturally mm-hmm. as the Avengers comes up, that we talk about what – the morals are that they're pushing to the audience. So. Yeah, and we want to we want to give good. a couple of weeks for that, just for you as the listener to have a chance to see the movie. And for Robbie here before we ruin it. Yeah, <laughs> and mostly for me because I need to go see it. I'm busy with other things, but um, but the superhero thing is nothing new. I remember when I was a kid, you know, like the Batman movies were coming out with mm. Michael Keaton, and then with um, uh, 
Val Kilmer and then George Clooney. George Clooney. And then they did the, the revamp, you know, with uh, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. And then the X-Men movies were huge. Yeah, they uh, And so there's yeah. all these, uh, you know, superhero movies. And, and people just have a fascination with superheroes. We like thinking about these super strong people uh, or, you know, half God, half man people mm. who, who can do extraordinary things and save us with their heroics. Uh, and I think one of the things that is, it's, it's important for us as Christians to do is be able to speak to our culture in a way they understand. You know, Paul did that when he went to Mars Hill uh, mm. and he was speaking with the philosophers there. And he knew what they believed and he knew where they stood. That's right. Uh, and he said, hey, I've seen, I've seen in your city, you're very religious people. There's all these, you know, um, statues to different gods and altars. And I even saw mm. one that said, to the unknown God. Just in case you missed one, you know, <laughs> you wanted to make sure you could cover it up. And I'm here to tell you about that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, so, so again, being able to use and, and talk uh, with what's going on in our culture and leverage it for the gospel and help people see Jesus through it. I think that's a really important skill that we should develop. And so we wanted to share mm-hmm. with you yeah, an argument today that you could use uh, because of the popularity of superheroes. Uh, and I, I love this argument. It's very simple to, to remember. But basically what we're trying to show is that the Jesus in the Bible has to be real. He has to be who the, the disciples wrote him down to be. Um, otherwise, um, what they wrote couldn't have ever come about. That's kind of the big idea. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go through this argument, and I'm going to ask Tyler some questions, and he's going to answer, and we're just going to uh, show you an example of how you could use this argument. So, are you ready, Tyler? I'm ready. Let's get into this. So, um, Tyler, excluding the Bible. Okay. So, throw the Bible out. No Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to name some of the most powerful people who have ever lived in history. And now there's there's something to this. You can name real people who've lived. Okay. Or you can name uh, fictitious people. You know, people we've made up in... In literature, mm, yeah, poems, okay. movies, uh, stories, whatever. Okay, so yeah. real and fictitious, powerful in human history. What's the best okay. we've got? Not yeah. using the Bible. Well, some of the most powerful people in history that come to mind, I think, uh, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, obviously, Hitler, that's the big one. Uh, yeah, he's super powerful. Powerful, not, not even by just... The army that he had built up with the Nazis, he like he was powerful with his words. He influenced people. Very persuasive. Yeah, yeah. He tried to take over the world. Yeah, of course. And then, um, I mean, powerful people. Uh, I mean, there's powerful people that actually ex- existed in the Bible too that you could use aside from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you said without the Bible. But. Yeah, not the Bible. So we got <laughs> Hitler. What other? Yeah, we examples? got Hitler. Uh, we have here uh, Napoleon. There's Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great did take over the world. He did. So that's pretty powerful. That's actually, that's that's a good example he of power. He forced everyone to learn Greek. Think about how much power that would take. That's a lot, yeah, I'd a say. Lot. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, heck, I can't even learn Greek, and I'm, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's that. And then um, uh, and, and then I'd say with fictitious people, um, in, in old literature, mm-hmm. we have – in comic books – that started up in the early 1900s, I'd say, say like we had in the 30s era, we had Superman. That was the first. He's powerful. Really big, yeah. Against fly fast? Mm-hmm. What else does he do? He has super strength, super except strength. when he originally 
came out in the comics, the whole idea actually was he was just a Superman and he didn't actually have all the powers he has today. When he first... Interesting. Yeah, when they Superman first came out, all he could do... That's why they always say that in the cartoons and stuff, able to leap tall be- buildings in a single bound because mm-hmm. that's about all he could do. <laughs> <laughs> like that's He funny. couldn't fly. He mm-hmm. couldn't... Uh, he didn't have heat vision or like that frost breath that he has. Okay. All he could do is he... He was able to jump really high, and he had super strength. Okay. That was it. Yeah, because why? Who cares if you can jump really high if you can fly? Yeah, exactly. Like, that so that's why. Sense. That's why. A lot, and the funny thing is, is they didn't explain that in the old cartoons. Like when they're like able to leap tall buildings in yeah. a single bound, they're just like, and then he flies after that, and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so that's the thing. So Superman is pretty powerful. He is, yeah. And so, what, what other comic book characters are real powerful, or even like yeah. mythological characters? Mythological, you could. I mean. I mean, in uh, the Greek culture, you could even Zeus. talk about that. You got Zeus, uh, Hercules. I mean, yep. the, they made a Disney movie about him. So yep. that's like... Hercules. One of my favorites is Thor. Thor, yeah. Because Thor is a comic book character, but he's also a Norse mythological god. It's both, yeah. It's both, yeah. But he's really powerful, right? That hammer? Yeah. He's pretty sweet. Yeah. He's really strong. He, every time he gets beat up, it doesn't look like it hurts him that much. No. And then, yeah, he just strikes himself with lightning and it looks like he's healed. Yep. Like right after that. It's yeah. Like, oh. so he's really powerful. Well, I think that's a good, um, a good um, description of powerful people that have actually existed. Yeah. And yeah. that human imagination has dreamt up as well. Yeah, of fictitious course. Fictitious people. Well, let's do the same thing. Excluding the Bible, uh, name some of the most humble, selfless people that have ever existed in real history or in fictitious history, in human imagination? Who are some of the most humble and selfless people? Yeah, well, uh, I think people, but culturally, people think about Gandhi and Mother Teresa, I'd say. Yeah, they were as humble. humble, selfless. Mother Teresa yeah. moving to India to to work with the, the poorest of the poor. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's huge. And I think people, that that's a common... Uh, that's a common uh, idea I think people get of people who are humble in culture who actually existed. I think our minds like – like when you think of that, uh, if you ask any person on the street who was a humble, powerful person who influenced the world, I think people would say Gandhi or Mother Teresa as yeah. far as like that goes. Yeah, they were selfless and they were, about yeah. other people. And yeah. I mean uh, of course we could name other people that are like that. But I yeah. think those are the most uh, – Prominent. Prominent, yeah. And who, then Who fictitiously – like I thought, I thought about this a little. Like who – what characters in, in novels or mm. classic literature or comics are really like selfless and humble? Well, I could think of a couple. Um, one, uh, well, one is that uh, I mean, there are superheroes that are a bit more selfless and humble. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's a really good example of this? I think is uh, Batman in The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. At the very end of the whole trilogy, sorry, this is a spoiler, I guess, that if you haven't seen it, but it's years. been out forever. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the very end of The Dark Knight Rises, he sacrifices himself to save Gotham. He kills himself, basically. Well, he's not actually dead as a thing, but yeah. everybody thinks he is. But he sacrifices himself with this bomb that he takes away from the city, yeah. blows it up, and he puts himself in harm's way. And then uh, I can also think of other examples of. Uh, stories that we have that have happened like this. Uh, I don't know how many people have seen or remember the movie Seven Pounds with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, well, it's really interesting. At the very end of that movie, um, it, th- this whole movie is about a guy who, it's a romance is the whole 
kind of main story arc of throughout the, the film. But mm-hmm. uh, this guy, he's a really humble, uh, mild-mannered guy who goes and he hangs out with people with disabilities and like oh, wow. things like that. And he t- takes time and like the movie, they just show that he has care and love for other people and he's a really humble guy. Mm-hmm. Well, at the very end of the movie, uh, the, the woman who he's in love with, well, throughout the movie, he, he finds out that um, she's dying because she has, uh, I don't remember, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I might be, some of this might be a little inaccurate, but she has like heart defects. Oh, okay. And uh, she she's dying from that, basically, of a bad heart. And so, uh, distraught with grief at the very end of the movie, he decides to do the most humble thing that imaginable. I mean, not that this should be encouraged, but sure. he ends up uh, in the movie committing suicide by taking a jellyfish mm-hmm. out of a tank that he had in his home, puts it in a bathtub, and he gets in the tub with it, and the jellyfish kills him, but he leaves a note uh, with a request on it for him to send different parts of his body and vital organs mm-hmm. to all the people who he hung out with and then like who had disabilities and who like there was wow. a person he hung out with who was blind in the movie. So he put in his will that they would get his eyes. Oh, okay. And then there was a per and then his girlfriend and his love interest, he, his heart ended up going to her for a heart transplant. Oh, so he self-sacrificed. So, yes, to other yes, people. and not yeah. that that's ne- that should be encouraged. I don't think it's sure. always a good idea to kill yourself. No, to, yeah, <laughs> um, but but it was the, self-sacrifice. Yeah, the whole idea of the movie is that he's a guy who's humble and he cares about others and he sacrificed himself to enhance some other people's lives and then to bring a longer yeah. life to. The person who he loved. That's cool. And so, yeah, I think that's a great example of a fictitious character that mm-hmm. uh, we came up with, like in this movie, to that cared about other people. Yeah, that cared about other people, and that we you could look at as a hero. And then the Bible also says that the greatest love. Whoa, that, whoa, whoa. we're excluding the Bible. Oh, we so, are. Remember? That's true. You can't use. The I Bible forgot. No right Bible. <laughs> so we say <laughs> yeah. excluding the Bible. Excluding the Bible. That's right. Who's the most powerful people? And we said. Alexander the Great, Hitler, mm-hmm. Thor, Superman. That's a good. It is, yeah. yeah. I'd say so. And then most humble, we've got Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Batman, sort of. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> this guy from Seven this Pounds. This guy from Seven Pounds, yeah. Yeah. All right, I think that's good. Now, if we include the Bible, there is a character who stands out, who's real powerful mm. and real selfless. And this is what I like to, to say to people when they're um, – skeptical towards jesus having been real they just say no it's just a story i'll say well let's just let's just pretend like the bible is fake i don't believe that but for sake of argument let's just pretend it's a book that's that people made up Mm. all right yeah so as a book that people made up who is the most powerful character in the bible well that would be jesus i think so Yeah. yeah jesus so um this character jesus what type of power does he have we just talk about Alexander the Great took over the world. Um, uh, you know, Hitler mm-hmm. tried to take over the world. Very influential. Yeah, Superman then, can fly. Yeah, Thor has lightning. Gandhi influenced peace and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, and those you guys, those are this. the humble guys. But just power wise, that's true. Just what, power. Just power wise. Um, what does the Bible say about this Jesus character? What are some of the things that it says? Well. Uh, for one, he performed miracles that 
you don't really see happening mm -hmm. in general. Like we don't even usually write about fictitious characters that can do some of the things that Jesus did. That's true. Yeah, yeah. heals like blind people. Mm -hmm. Batman never did that. No, like <laughs> I can't. I can't think of any superhero that we've written about in comic books that is able to just do all the things that Jesus did without because mm -hmm. then they would basically become Jesus in essence. That's true. Well, and superheroes are usually more like protecting us from bad and they are, versus yeah. helping enhance our life. That's a good, right? yeah, that's a good analysis. They're usually like defense, not Off restoration. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's true. Yeah, so Jesus did a lot of miracles. Mm -hmm. um, what are other things that, that it talks about that he did? Uh, well, oh, well, for one, <laughs> um, I'd say uh, he, he was always there. That was one thing is that, in, I mean, scripture from the beginning is that he was there in the beginning mm -hmm. alongside God. So he's been existed, he existed before the beginning of time. So, I mean, that's kind of, that kind of gives him power in mm -hmm. essence of the fact that he's outlasted all the rest of humanity. And then, um, yeah, he's always been, yeah, that's, yeah, cool. he's always been. And then, uh, along with that too, um, in John one, one through three, it talks about that, um, through him, all things came into being, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Yeah, yeah. So again, with my skeptical friends, I'll say, you know, just as a fictitious character, that's saying that this guy Jesus was powerful enough to create everything. So he was, he'd have to be. Alexander the Great took everything over, but he didn't make any of it. Yeah, that's Superman flies through space super fast, but he didn't make space. Jesus made space. Yeah, he made everything that he's yeah. manip manipulating and changing for good and stuff. So it's like... Yeah, so he's the creator of all things. And so that, I always think that's interesting because the power of Jesus um, in creating all things is bigger than Superman being able to fly fast or stop a bullet. It is, yeah. Or freeze breath or, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but even more than Hitler, because they didn't make any anything. They just tried to conquer things. That's so right. That's I think that's a... This fix, you know, if the Bible's not true, this fictitious character Jesus, he's man, he's really powerful. Yeah, that's right. What, and I what mean, are, what are some other things? Yeah, I mean, uh, we can see that. Uh, I mean, he straight. Uh, th that's a good example too. We were talking about uh, how Superman, like, he flies through space, but Jesus created space. Made space. Yeah. He made space. <laughs> and uh, like, like even in Mark uh, four thirty nine, uh, it talks about how Jesus. It says, and he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea. Hush, be still. And the wind died down. It became perfectly calm. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the difference between that and Superman is Superman, he can just blow and then he can move the air that's already there. But Jesus can literally tell the air what to do and it just does it. I think that's, like, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah that's, that's crazy. Different. Yeah. And I also think too, like, because have you? I, I've seen it where like things are super windy and then the wind just dies down really quick. It just stops. I've yeah. seen that. I've seen that before. We used to sail when I was a kid, and out on the lake, you'd see that sometimes. Um, so that's not anything crazy. And so I thought about this passage because remember, it's Jesus and his disciples are out on a boat, and they're freaking out because this is such a bad storm. And mm -hmm. um, they they must have. I'm 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 but, thinking outside the box here, I guess, but they must have seen wind just die down. But the craziest part I think about this though is when you when you look at what else it says. It says he also rebuked the wind and said to the sea so yes. he said to the ocean yes that's the key wind i've seen die down in a split second yeah but i've never seen 
white capping waves just like stop immediately. They don't. Not roll out to their logical conclusion. Yeah. And that freaked me out. And that's exactly what it says happens to them. It said that they were afraid and they said, who is this guy <laughs> that even the wind and the sea obey <laughs> him? So that's, I mean, that's powerful. It is, yeah. You know? A couple other things. What, what, what did you, what, what the, you know, if he's a fictitious character, what did this fictitious character well, Jesus do? Well, he raised multiple people from the dead. Yes. M- multiple people. And not, to, not aside from himself. Yeah, he raised himself, yeah. but he also raised uh, Lazarus, Lazarus. Uh, the widow's son, yep. uh, Centurion's daughter. Yep. He raises like, people from the dead. Yeah. Superman has never done that. No. Alexander the Great didn't do that. No. Hitler did it, not do that. They were it, good at killing people and taking them to <laughs> yeah. their death, but not bringing them back from the dead. Yeah, they, can, they couldn't do that. So, again, uh, we could talk about the power of Jesus all day, but this character Jesus, if the Bible is just a book made up by humans, would you say that there's not a person in real history or fictitious history, fictitious characters mm-hmm. we've dreamt up, more powerful than this character Jesus? I don't think you can claim that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I can think of anybody more powerful. No, like, like I've, I've even thought about this before. And when you look at the most powerful uh, comic book mm-hmm. character, like uh, the one, because obviously you can't, there's no real people out there who can do these insane things. Yeah. Uh, so when, you have to think fictitiously. Mm-hmm. And with our human minds, we can't think of anything that's more powerful than Jesus. I don't think Basically. so. He, I mean, the guy create, creating everything. We've never dreamt up somebody that can do all that kind no. of stuff. No, like, like Superman, I think, I, I, I could argue is the most powerful mm-hmm. you could think. Or, I mean, if you want to get into super specifics, like even like Dragon Ball Z, like those type of things, like super powerful, like mm-hmm. almost godlike yeah. creatures. But where do you get that term godlike from is the idea. It's like, sure. so I, I think it's just, it's fascinating because you can't really come up with a superhero or someone in culture who's more significant mm-hmm. than Jesus. In power, yeah. Nobody, I can't think of anybody in real history or in fake history, <laughs> right? Yeah. In Tolkien books, in Narnia, in, yeah. who's more powerful than this character in the Bible Jesus, right? Because if we're talking about their skeptical friend, I'm not saying it's true, but he's easily the most powerful character ever dreamt up. Now, what yeah. about for humility and selflessness? Who's the most humble and selfless person in the Bible? Just well, happens that, to be that Jesus. has to be Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, and, and this then, is what's interesting to me: Hitler and and all those guys, uh, Hitler, Alexander the Great, Thor. They're not very selfless. They're not. They're not humble. So you hardly have power and humility coming together in a person. Right? You do. So what are some yeah. of the things, you know, in Scripture, what do we see that this Jesus character, uh, what did he do? How was he selfless? How was he humble? Well, uh, his main goal when he was here on earth was service. Mm-hmm. That how was the whole thing. But why, how do we know that? Because, because like, well, I mean, here's uh, the example in Scripture. It says uh, in Matthew 20, verse 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And and Jesus, the character Jesus, yeah. is the one who's saying that. It is, yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. come to be served, but to serve and to give my life. And right? then and the, he didn't just say it either. Like you look at throughout scripture and you see 
like examples where he got down and he served, but like not even just from the aspect of his death. Like, uh, I mean, you see him like washing people's feet, mm-hmm. uh, like like humbling himself in being a servant to others in general. Yeah, just like he he sacrificed everything for people during his time here, and rather mm-hmm. than rather than uh, claiming around to everybody so super openly and saying I am God and made everyone bow down and worship him. Yeah, well, and if you take this, you know, again, the character Jesus from the Bible, yeah. uh, it's it says that he's eternal God who had everything in perfect harmony with himself. Yeah. And he left all that to come to this messed up world to be mistreated. And while he was here, like you said, to wash people's feet, to heal blind. He wasn't blind, but he's helping other people. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. lame, but he's helping other people. And then, and then he ultimately sacrifices himself for something he mm, didn't ever yeah. do for what? For other people. He's he did, completely yeah. selfless. One thing I think is really interesting too about it is um, if you read the Bible, he's super powerful with all these supernatural abilities, healings and stuff. He never once uses his supernatural power for himself. He doesn't, yeah. And that's what he was tempted to do. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, he he, uh, he multiplied bread and fish for people and fed mm-hmm. 5,000. But when he's in the desert by himself and he's tempted to turn rocks into bread, he won't do it. Because it's for himself. Because yeah, because he's not about serving himself. Yeah. I think like, that's interesting. Honestly, and that's the crazy part about that. I think that I mean, at least for me, like as a Christian, like looking at that right now, if I read in scripture that Jesus ended up making bread for himself, mm-hmm. like after after he started like honestly, I don't think I would have thought anything of it. Because if you think about it, like there's nothing inherently bad about him no. using that. But the fact that he didn't Yeah just shows that he had a completely different purpose when he was here. His whole sole purpose was only to use his ability and his power to help and to serve for other people. For other people. Mm-hmm. And that's the significance of it. I think yeah. so. And so with this character Jesus, we've got, I think, the most powerful person in all of real or fictitious history. Absolutely we do. And we've got the most humble, selfless person in all of real or fictitious history. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is this is kind of the big idea when I'm talking with uh, skeptics. I'll say, okay, you can lead them through that, right? And it's kind of fun because there's superhero arguments. Yeah. You're yeah. In. Then I'll say, okay, so you don't believe Jesus is a real person. You don't think what the Bible says is true. And they'll say, no, I don't believe it. You know. Mm-hmm. Say, okay. So this is my question for you. If you don't believe that he was a real person, I would like for you to answer how a group of fishermen and tax collectors could dream up the most powerful and most humble person in all of human literature. <laughs> Think about it. Mm-hmm. Not Homer, not Shakespeare. No. Yeah. Peter. <laughs> uh, How did he come up with the best character of all time? That takes yeah. a lot. That, that in and of itself kind of sounds like a miracle, to be honest. It You're does, telling yeah. me these Galilean fishermen from nowhere, Israel. They're not even from the city. Yeah, right? they're, they're not. They're from out in the boondocks. They make up the greatest character of all time. Not the comic book writers. Yeah. Right? Not modern day Hollywood. Peter. And then James. Not only that, even if let's let's give them the argument that they did make it up. Yeah, let's right? let's pretend they did make it up. They not only did they make up the greatest fictitious character that ever was created in history at that time mm-hmm. and now, of course, but they also died 
with no benefit mm-hmm. whatsoever. They didn't get any, they didn't get any money out of it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they most of them like gave up like their careers and their lives, and they were they just lived off of other people mm-hmm. helping them. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. it was basically it was it was just the fact that they ended up realizing uh, that they ended up realizing that Jesus himself being this humble character that uh, for them to make that up and to die for it and then to die for it makes when no you sense. realize that that it doesn't make sense then i don't think they could make up this character and yeah. i don't think if you did make it up you'd be willing to die for something you knew you made up yeah so yeah, that's the thing. so that leads me to think maybe this guy's was real that, that's the only case yeah, it has to be that. I just I can't believe that Peter and Matthew and John can make up the greatest fictitious character in all history and then, and then die, die for, for it. it with no benefit. With no benefit to themselves. Yeah, they didn't get rich and famous. They weren't no. selling the rights to Hollywood. They weren't making fact, comics. They were the most hated men of their culture. Yeah, they they yeah. got run out of town and killed for it. And so it makes the, the only thing that makes sense to me is okay, but I have this book. It's around it has this character in it. So where did it come from? Well, maybe they just wrote down what was happening. That seems like a more plausible explanation than they made up the best character yeah, of all Yeah, time. I think that's exactly what happened. And I think that's a good argument that we can use with people who cast doubt on Scripture. Um, they have to admit the Bible exists, right? They're yeah. all over the place. They're all over the world. And so then we say, okay, well, where'd the story about this fake guy come from? I don't think it could have come <laughs> from Galilean fishermen when Homer couldn't figure it out, when Shakespeare couldn't figure it out, mm. when yeah. you know Dante, when all of the, the Greek and, and Roman historians, we, we don't have anything this good anywhere. And you're telling me that some fishermen and a tax collector <laughs> made up this, this guy. And they didn't just make him up once, right? He's in the four Gospels. Yeah. So they all had this guy. Four different times somebody's writing about this and they all coincide together. It just seems really uh, impossible to me. I think the better explanation is this guy really did exist, and they just wrote down what they saw. Yeah, that makes the most sense when I, you with this yeah. argument. Yeah, I think it's a good argument. I think we can use that to, to talk to people, especially leveraging the superhero thing. Yeah, people love to talk about powerful superheroes and this. Yeah, and this is. Forehead. I think I think what a great idea to, that I would encourage uh, any listeners to do is if you have any friends who haven't seen it yet, or maybe they have seen Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Take them out to go see the movie and then talk to them about it and say, hey, you know, I was just thinking recently, like, what are some of the best superheroes that we've ever had? See, and then all of a sudden, yep. you there's the conversation. It's practical. It's engaging. And then it leads to the gospel. Yeah. And it's easy. And if you take them out after the movie and you buy them some ice cream or coffee or something, yeah, and they're so- going to they're gonna like it. They're going to enjoy the time and you can steer the conversation Towards Jesus by using yeah yeah this cultural and, and it's icon and it's in a comfortable movie. way because it's it's uh it's on topic of what you you're doing you don't have to awkwardly just bring up the gospel like mm-hmm. go to the movies and then afterwards say so do you know Jesus like yeah, <laughs> yeah you can, can just straight up you just can bring use that the in? culture yeah. in a redeeming way to you bring can yeah to Jesus. and that's what we all should be doing we should be looking for opportunities like that to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope this argument helps you guys out, and I hope you can utilize it with uh, Avengers Infinity War. Take some people to go see it, and then like Tyler said, spend some time talking about Jesus and who he was in this argument. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We will see you guys next time. Yep, thanks for listening. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. 
For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.